The opinions expressed on this podcast are not meant to be disseminated as medical advice. If you need additional clarification or have questions, consult a mental health professional in your area. Hello, and welcome to 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, the podcast where a comedy writer, that's me, and a psychologist, that's Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Got, you know, it's been so doggone long, I, I forgot that I was, like, I all I had in my head was, James has to say, that's Steve. Like, I'm not supposed to jump in there. And then there's that pregnant pause, and I know I screwed something up. And then you burst out laughing, which just confirms that I screwed something up. And now you have more fodder to make I fun thought, of me in a heartless, I cruel thought way. the gap week was going to get us back on track. I was like, no, he's rested and relaxed. He's going to jump on this. I'm not going to have anything to talk about. But, Steve, you are the gift that he's on giving. I literally was thinking, don't step on the brake while saying that, Steve. This is the podcast where we try to solve your long-running relationship uh, issues in 10 minutes or less. How are you doing tonight, Steve? Boy, we are the relationship experts, no doubt about it. Well, we have one person here who still wants our advice. It's a good question. This what week. do you got? All right, it says, I am writing because I have even considered therapy for this. Maybe I need to try CBT? I don't know what that is. I am the worst nag. I have been married 23 years and believe that's because my lovely husband tunes me out. I feel my nagging is damaging now because a lot of my interactions with my eldest daughter, who is 15, become combative. My younger daughter is more pleasant so far, and this is horrible to say, but probably insightful, is more like me and her decisions, uh, and her decisions seem logical to me. She remembers stuff and so, uh, and so does not get nagged so much. I truly see my nagging as nurturing and helpful. I see people that keep information to themselves as unhelpful. I know I get the trait from my mom, and I do, uh, do not always appreciate her input. It's tricky because I think I equate caring with noticing, which turns into nagging. How do I stop the words before they leave my mouth to check? Is what I'm going to say helping or hurting? You may be as ruthless as you like in your responses. I can take it. Many thanks. All right, Steve. You've got a, you've got a blank check here. Go nuts. Well, let me see. First of all, I will define CBT, not just for you, but for everyone else who might be thinking, is that that weed oil that we're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is that CBD is in dog. CBT stands for Cognitive Behavioral Therapy. So it's taking a look at what in your environment is reinforcing or punishing the behavior you're trying to change, and also what are the thoughts that you have that either drive the engine forward or stop yourself from doing what you need to do. That's the cognitive and the behavioral under the therapy. Now into the nagging. It's interesting that most nags will blame the world for their behavior. So in other words, yeah, but if you would only listen to me, I wouldn't have to nag. It's sort of what it really comes down to. And sometimes people who nag create that response in other people. And I'll tell you, the perfect example of this is your 15-year-old who, uh, when your husband met you, you were already sort of, the cement was hardened in your head. So you kind of had your behavior patterns established. Your daughter was, as uh, John Locke would say, a tabula rasa when she popped out. Like, you molded her into what she is. And um, if you're getting tuned out by your kids, some of that is normal because they're teenagers and they're nuts, which is fine. That's developmentally appropriate. But some of it is, if there's an onslaught of verbiage, kids do what they have to do to protect themselves. They just start backing away and shutting down. They, they're the turtle pulling into their shell. And your husband, over time, might have learned that is the most 
Um, that's at least the easiest way to deal with this, is to just pretend I don't even hear what's going on. And for somebody to say nagging is nurturing and helpful, I think, well, then what are you writing to us for? <laughs> if this is nurturing and helpful, then stay the course. Like, uh, everything is copacetic, other than the people around you who don't seem to understand how nurturing and helpful all this is. And so I will say there is a chasm between nurturing and helpful on one shore and keeping to yourself, keeping things in is hurtful on the other shore. Somewhere in the middle of there is actual health where you are able to express what you need and the other people can mirror that back and both of you have like an eye contact understanding of what has just passed through you both. Now, if you can't help what you're doing, you're not gonna be able to change the people around you because in order to change, the whole system has to change. They have to change and you have to change. One of you cannot change in a vacuum because the behavior of your partner will just keep pulling you back into your old behavior. For example, if you change and only say things once, and your spouse continues to stare at Sports Center with a half-empty beer in their hand and a cigarette dangling from their mouth, like you're eventually going to get sucked back into nagging. So both of you are going to have to make an adjustment on this. When it comes to your kids, by the way, you can pretty much make changes unilaterally, and they're kind of forced to adjust to you over time. Your spouse, no such deal. Like your spouse can just keep staying their course. So I would say... Um, the easy answer to this is uh, mirror, validate, empathize, MVE. That uh, That is the simplest way to teach people how to communicate more effectively. So when you say something, your spouse, all they have to do is just repeat back what you said and then say something that connects them to what you're saying. So anything that's, uh, that conveys, all right, I get it. And that's the validate, empathize part, whatever words they would use, just so that you can kind of get that they've checked the box, I understand. And now if they don't follow through, it's on them and not you. And then you have some reason to be upset. But if you just keep nagging and pestering and nagging and pestering, eventually the only option they have is to tune you out because that's their survival mechanism. So for you... Uh, your part of the change is going to be saying it once and then sort of pausing and giving your spouse a little bit of room to do their part, which is to mirror and then validate, empathize. And if both of you can kind of have a at least a gentleman's agreement on the front end that you're really going to put forth an effort in this, then you have some hope of moving forward and changing the system. If one of you doesn't trust that the other one will actually change, which I'm guessing is going to happen on the front end because you've been doing this for so long, then eventually the other one, whoever does change, will get frustrated and get sucked back into doing what they've been doing. So if that requires a little bit of therapy, I say go for it because a couples therapist can immediately see what's happening and is an outside party that can start to impart change from the outside in rather than having you two start changing from the inside out. If you can do it on your own, then more power to you. You save a little bit of money and you get a little bit of peace in the household. What say you, James? Oops, James Breakway. <laughs> well, I'm hoping you didn't hurt yourself there, did you? I almost dumped my... Um water. <laughs> this is a dangerous podcast. We need stuntmen. Uh, you know, I, I I can sympathize with both sides in the nagging argument. I've got I've got four kids ages. Right, right now, they're in the middle of birthday seasons, but nine, seven, four, and three. And I can repeat myself till I'm blue in the face, and they look at me like I've never said it before. I just had to tell my three-year-old to pick up her clothes again. She got in the bathtub, and her clothes were all over the floor. And I tell her every single week to pick them up. And every time, it's just like it goes in and out, you know, in one ear and out the other. And you think, well, maybe it's because she's only three. Well, this exact same thing 
happens with my seven-year-old. Like, as I look through the age progression, I don't see any actual growth. So I see, I see how it's very easy to fall into that trap. At the same time, I wonder if a lot of the problem with this nagging if it, is if it isn't preemptive. If she's not, uh, if this mother isn't so used to being not heard that she jumps on small things right away rather than leaving uh, a chance to be fixed. There, there'll be times where, you know, my wife will jump on me for something and it's like, well, I was going to do that. I was going to take care of it. It was on my list of things to do. But now that somebody's pointed it out, now I'm going to, you know, throw my little fit. I'm going to leave it off till last or I'm going to put it off. So maybe just give people a little bit of autonomy and see how they do with it. I know personally for when, you know, I don't know what situation these nagging is coming up in, but with us, a lot of times, you know, we've got so many things we need to get done. And for me personally, the easiest way to do it is if I feel like I'm a little bit in control. If my wife says, okay, we've got these 10 things to get done. Here are these 10 things. Go and do that. And then I will work them in throughout my day as I have time. And that kind of doesn't make me resentful. It makes me feel like I'm in control, even if that's an illusion. What I absolutely hate is being micromanaged like you're at work and there's a manager looking over yeah. your shoulder saying, do this, then yeah. do that, then do that. And I can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. I don't know how many things there are. So as far as I know, this is going to take all day. I don't know what's only going to take an hour or whatever. But if I just give them the whole, if I'm just given a whole list, then it works out fine. That's, and everybody's different. Maybe your marriage works differently, but maybe if there are certain things they're not doing and if it's repeated, give them the list and say, hey, I'm going to lay off you. I'm going to give you a chance. But by the end of the day tomorrow, these are the things I'd like to see get done. And hopefully that'll work with the le at least with your husband. As for your teenager, uh, teenagers are horrible people and they're probably a lost cause. I mean, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> kind of what I said too. <laughs> you, hope, you hope they grow out of it at some point. Because you really, there's no way to know with your daughter if it's you or if it's her or if it's a combination. Yeah. I guess an interesting yeah. thing to be to, 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 to ask would be, does your daughter react the same way when your husband tells her to do something? And if she responds differently to your husband, who you don't say nags people, maybe have your husband be the messenger for these things. Maybe him have him step up and take a stronger role to make sure things get done. And if she responds exactly the same way to the nagging parent and the non-nagging parent, then it's the kid. You kind of wash, wash away the guilt on that one. I will bet that dad has a bigger voice than mom and i don't mean bigger like volume <laughs> although that's part of it but bigger just in that when dad says it, he means business and kids respond to that whereas mom uh, part of her she's the hammer sometimes and she's uh the the cotton ball sometimes and so kids usually push moms a little further than dads but it's all about immediacy so it's about prediction Stephen King said that uh, people use too many adjectives and adverbs when they write if they're fearful that they will not be understood. Believe me, you are understood. And I think parents do that too, that with all that nagging, they're fearful, like you said, that it's not going to get done. So I need to double down on the number of times I tell you when in fact what you're doing is making it less likely to get done because the person gets resentful and then a little bit rebellious. They push back against it. So immediacy. If your daughter cleans her room, there's an immediate reward. If the daughter doesn't clean the room, there's an immediate consequence. And you don't have to belabor it. You just levy the boom, whatever the consequence is. When the daughter can start predicting what the outcome will be for either listening or not listening, that structure will start to create some safety and security in her, and she'll know. Now I have a choice. I can either clean my room, get the reward, not clean my room, get the consequence. And most kids are going to move in the direction of getting the reward instead of the consequence if you find one that's going to have some leverage. And husbands are the same way, frankly. <laughs> 
that was actually a really interesting question this week. We kind of get all sorts on here. Sometimes it's you know romantic relationships. Sometimes it's parent child. Sometimes it's parent yeah. pet coworkers. We kind of kind of run the gamut of things. Uh, Steve has a lot of expertise, and I have a lot of well, I have a lot of words, and we're happy to to dispense <laughs> them one way or another. So if you have a long running relationship issue you'd like us to tackle in ten minutes or less, send that question into James Breakwell at explodingunicorn.com. That's exploding unicorn with the e. And we'll make it a topic and take a crack at it in ten minutes or less. Uh, this has been another week of 10 Minutes to Save Your Marriage, and that's 10 minutes of your life you'll never get back. <laughs>